For the past 23 years, John Wells has been one of the most successful high school football coaches in the state of Delaware. Since taking over as head coach in 1996, John has led Sussex Central to 19 winning seasons, 8 Henlopen Conference Northern Division Championships, 13 state tournament berths, and 5 appearances in the state Division I title game. But one accomplishment had always eluded him, a state championship. That is, until December 1st of this year. On that cold and rainy day at Delaware Stadium in Newark, Sussex Central defeated Silesianum 33-7 to capture the Division I state title. After four previous trips to the title game that ended in disappointment, John Wells and his Golden Knights were finally state champions. I'm Dave Mall, and I recently had the opportunity to sit down with John to discuss the championship season, the community's outpouring of support for his team, and what the state title means to him personally. Here's my interview with the Sussex Central head coach. Okay, John, can you describe how you felt as the clock was winding down and you knew you had the state championship in hand at that point? Well, not sure I can describe it because elation, excitement, but also, uh, just so many thoughts go through your mind, uh, thinking about the past teams that were so close, you know, so close, you know, getting there and, and not getting it. Uh, is it. Is this it? Is this really the end? Um, but I think because of score, Dave, when you get down to about three, four minutes, you think, okay, they're not going to score, you know, twenty whatever points to come back and tie this game up or win. Um, even at six minutes, I didn't feel comfortable. You know, I mean, the worst thing can happen. You know. Uh, so a lot of a lot of emotion when I knew it was winding down. I think it had set in a little bit earlier because of the score. If it had been a close game, maybe a little different. But just several emotions, uh, mostly like I said, elation. Uh, just because of pressure that I put on myself as, as a competitor and a coach. Uh, excitement for the community, for the district, not just for our school. These kids understood that. But uh, it was uh, a great feeling. All the hard work we worked really hard up here. My staff. And not just this staff, staffs that, and coaches that have been with me for a long time, you know, two, three, five, ten years that have gone on to administration and other, other, other areas as far as careers. So uh, I, I felt great for all of them bringing it. And I felt great for the community, not just for myself. I, yeah. That was what was burdened me. Yeah. Well, that kind of feeds into my next question. It, it, you've had an outstanding coaching career, and this was the one thing that had eluded you. And, you know, I think a lot of coaches may not admit, you know, that they want to really want to win a state championship or win a championship or something like that. But to be honest, I've never really gotten that impression with you. I've, I've always gotten the impression you wanted you wanted a championship pretty bad. Yeah, I, you know, you think a lot of things over a course of a career and you, and you get there four times and great teams, re, the utmost respect for the opponents we face and the coaches. But I don't think we ever went in completely healthy, not to – all teams do. Uh, we've had a couple of kids torn ACLs. We had some kids, um, a kicker broke his ankle and couldn't kick. We missed a field goal and uh, three conversions, and we lost by four. Um, a lot of little things have happened that I thought could have changed the course of a game or two, and I, I came to grips with it. Uh, being a man of faith, I, I, I prayed a lot for a lot of things, you know, not for me individually to win a game, but, man, it was tough on kids and the community not to win one and be close several times. And I had come to grips with the fact that I, I was good where I was as a coach with or without a championship. But as a coach, you set goals. And uh, that's, that's the one goal for me that I wanted to bring back for the community, not just for myself, 
but for the kids and the community, the alumni, um, uh, we've longed for it for a long time, and that's what was driving me that I wanted to do it. And my wife's heard me say it many times, we deserve it as a community. I feel bad four times of having a chance and not being able to. So uh, to, to finally get it, uh, it was a goal. And, yeah, I was okay with myself, but I wanted to strive for that, and that was always my ultimate goal for the community. Um, it's great to have on my resume, but you know, what am I going to do with them? I'm going to go anywhere. This is where I'm <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I, I put an aerial view of the stadium that I got from a coach from UD many years ago that was here recruiting on the back of my clipboard. I taped it on in, uh, five years ago when this, this senior class came up from eighth grade, and they set those goals to go to the state championship and win it. And I taped it on the back of my, my football clipboard. And it's still there now. Yeah. So and I've got two more of them. So I got to put those on a new one on next year. But uh, no, so it was a goal of mine for many reasons. Not not selfishly a goal, but certainly a goal. So did the blue jerseys make the, all the difference this time around? You've always talked about this in your previous. It's <laughs> the first time you got to wear blue is the higher seed it in was, the championship game. Yes, we have <laughs> always been the underdog. Um, I root for the underdog when I watch. Unless it's my team playing, and most games I watch on TV, you know, college pro, whatever. Um, I like to see the underdog do well, um, but yeah, it was the first time wearing blue. First time at UD, uh, we're a wing T style offense, so uh, Tubby Raymond Field was pretty special. I told the reporter we ran, we ran the first play we ran was a twenty-one, which is the first play in the playbook in the wing T playbook. But uh, yeah, I, some of the coaches talked about that, and we felt good about being the higher seed and about having the home side and being in blue uniforms. Those blue uniforms didn't matter. Um, I do wear shorts because I believe that, you know, when I coach middle school, I'm an old baseball guy, you do the same ritual. If you, if you have a good hitting day, you keep wearing the same outfit. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I wear shorts. So I, I kind of do that a little bit. But, no, I, uh, we had to block and tackle, and we had to execute a game plan. I don't think it mattered what uniforms these guys are wearing. Um, so, But it was nice to wear blue. What does this state title mean, in your opinion, to the Sussex Central, Sussex Central community? Well, I, I can – Tell you what I think it means to to a lot of them, um, being so close, bringing it home. Uh, be, again, those guys were heartbroken in those games. Uh, the 1970 team was undefeated. They didn't have a playoff system. They felt they had a shot to go to a state title game or win a state championship. Um, and a lot of those guys are still around in a lot of places, and I hear from those guys. And uh, so I, that's my opinion. But I can tell you exactly from people that have told me, "Thank you for bringing it home." I've gotten text messages, phone calls uh, from other coaches, from you know, Ron Dickerson, George Glenn, uh, guys that played here in the 70s uh, have come and thanked me at the, at, you know, at the fire hall reception and uh, come up and gave me a, a handshake and a hug and, and thanked me for bringing the championship home. They meant a lot to those guys, and they played in the 70s. Um, so I knew it was important to our community and to our alumni that had played in a couple championships. And I knew it was important for some of the alumni, you know, like, like Dave Marvel himself, who older guy that played at Georgetown last year at Georgetown High School. But it was even more so than what I thought. Um, before we recap the championship game, I, I briefly want to touch on the semifinal against Dover. Uh, you had defeated Dover, shut them out 21 to nothing back in September, but uh, the rematch proved to be a lot tougher test for your team. Uh, you, you trailed the entire game. I think you were behind 20 to 8 at halftime. Uh, but you guys rallied in the second half and scored the winning touchdown on a pass from Isaac Barnes to Dominique Smith with 31 seconds left. And you got a narrow 21 to 20 victory uh, that put you in the championship game. 
Right. What was the key to that particular victory? Too many things. Uh, I think the halftime speech, the game plan was fine going into the game. It wasn't anything that we'd, we'd change uh, defensively as far as coverage or fronts. Um, it was fine. I think uh, I don't think we executed the game plan as well as we could have. Uh, offensively, we turned the ball over too much. And uh, Isaac, in 13 games, just go 12 and a half games, didn't throw any picks. <laughs> he threw he pretty much threw three <laughs> and a half. Yeah. And he fumbled on a first down run. So uh, he felt terrible about that, and he apologized you know, on the field when the game was over. And that's how the kind of kid he is. But offensively, we didn't execute. We gave him a pick six. So that was 600 points, 700 points. What was it, six or eight, eight two-point conversion? But uh, so we just felt we didn't execute. They were really playing hard, aggressive, giving them credit. Their defense was doing things, and we had a tough time blocking them. But at halftime, we had a couple guys talk to each other, players getting pretty serious. Uh, a couple coaches talked to their groups. Uh, Coach Macaluso had a very inspirational uh, talk with the whole team. And then I pretty much said before we walked back onto the field, we've worked too hard for too long to end it like this. We're going to play our ball second half the way we played all year long. Uh, we let ourselves down in our community with the way we played in the first half. But we're going to play it right the second half. We're going to play the way we're supposed to. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And uh, they didn't get a first down at that point in time. From I, on. I wanted to ask you, your defensive effort in the second half of that game was unbelievable. They didn't get a first down the whole second half, Wow, which is amazing. you got to give those kids credit. Uh, Dave Marvel, the job he's done this year, I mean, you talk about uh, an old dog doing new tricks. He's, he's ready to go to the next clinic in Baltimore coming up in February. So uh, he and his staff were outstanding. The kids were phenomenal. Uh, I thought the offense came out. And did the same thing in the second half. We uh, got down to the one-yard line, had a hold penalty. So we thought we came out, we moved the ball to the one-yard line, a hold penalty, we're back to the 19. And then Isaac threw the other pick. So in the end zone on third down. But uh, that's where I, at that moment, that's where I was really trying to do the eyeball test and watching our players to see down 28, drive down the field, inspired football, get to the one, get a hold penalty, and then throw a pick in the end zone. Because that's where you can fold up and say, hey, you know what, it's not our day. Mm-hmm. You know, 28, this lead's insurmountable. We just gave a lot of effort to the one-year line, and they get the ball back. That's human nature sometimes, and that's where special kids, special athletes, maybe being coached up, uh, we, uh, we try, you, you try to tell kids never quit. And uh, they didn't. I mean, that could have taken the gas – out of our tank, you know, or the window of your sales or the line you want to use. But it didn't. Those kids came right back, played great defense, got the ball back, and and you saw the results. What what was the mindset of the team going into the championship game against the Louisiana up at Delaware Stadium? Man, it was great all week. We worked really hard. It was cold outside. But our mindset was we have to get out and drill, implement the game plan, use our technique, um, different kind of offense, more power run, play action pass. And we just felt we needed to get on the field, practice field, and really work it. We knew it until the guys dress warm. We're going to be out there for full time. We're going to play fast. Uh, we, we went thud, which is not full contact. But it's the next thing to full contact. 
because we knew we had to play fast on Saturday. And I think uh, just the work ethic was incredible. The coaches had good mindset. Uh, we gave them the stats and, and game plan on Monday. And I remember saying they had 800 yards in two playoff games. The running back ran for 200, over 200 yards in the first two playoff games. And one of the kids raised his hand and said, Coach, but they haven't seen a defense like ours yet. <laughs> and you just had to say, okay, you know what? You're right. Yeah, their mindset going into the championship game I thought was outstanding. It could have been tentative. They beat Middletown 49 to something. They beat Hodgson, who was undefeated, who beat us. So the mindset could have been tentative. But these guys had the opposite approach. They've not seen us yet. They don't know how good we are. Um, we respected the fact that they're well coached, great program, and the two games they won in the playoffs. But these guys getting this close, having a scare, I think, in the semis actually helped them because a couple of the leaders, like the Barnes, Barnes twins and some others, were saying, look, we came out flat against Dover. They came out hard. We weren't ready for it. This can't happen in the championship game. We've got to come out. First play on and play to high level. And I think that's why you saw us play so well early. It's because we had a scare the week before. And they, they were guarded against that. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, you mentioned that. You guys jumped ahead 7 to nothing fairly early on on a 59-yard touchdown from Isaac Barnes to his brother Isaiah. And you still led 7 to nothing at halftime. But it didn't take long to extend that lead in the second half. Uh, as uh, Shaheem Williams returned the second half kickoff, 99 yards for a touchdown to give you a 14 to nothing lead. How big was that play? Uh, it was extremely big. We said it in the locker room. Coming out of halftime, we're getting the ball first. We need to score because I don't know if seven points would be enough against the Sally's team. I know our defense is playing excellent football, uh, but Sally's has some very good skill players and a great program. They weren't in the finals by accident. They put 49 points on Middletown. They also had a pretty good defense. I was concerned that we needed to score more. And uh, Coach Leo and I, Coach Leo played at Delaware and linebacker and some special teams. He's a young guy, math teacher. So I, I've always called specials, but I've brought him along with me to, hey, you know what, you assist me. Because a lot of my plate being head coach, O coordinator, and uh, special teams. And uh, we talked about their kicker. And we told the guys on Monday, he's the best kicker we've seen all year. And we had a great year of kickers. Half his kicks were touchbacks. And the rest of them were inside the five-yard line. So I said, look, the ball can't go in the end zone. We're going to be back at the one. Catch it so it doesn't go in the end zone, if you can. we got to get out of here. We can't be pinned back by our goal line to start off offense. They hold you to the 20. You punt to the 50. They're almost a four-down territory. So we tweaked. And they always kick from a hash. So we tweaked. We changed the numbering. We block a number. We count from the right or left, you know, R1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And from the left side, we call them L1, 2, 3, 4, 5. So because the ball's on a hash, I changed the numbering on who we're going to block. And we had to get back deeper because the ball's going to be deep and high. Like I said, he's a very good kicker. So we wanted to block later. We wanted to get back close to the 20-yard line. You block them too soon, they get off blocks, they make tackles. We had to really sprint back on the kick. And uh, Coach Lale noticed that the two guys beside the kicker were the best two guys covering. So he wanted to double team, and I didn't think we should just double team right away. I still wanted to get the wall set up, the second group, and get up the alley, up the lane. But we still wanted to double team if a guy was coming off blocks. So Coach Lale was like, if he's sealed, let him go. If he's not sealed, peel off and double. So we didn't want to just go ahead and double team the two main guys they had 
only if they were coming clear. And I've watched that play probably 15 times. And, uh, man, those guys blocked. We haven't returned one all year. And they blocked that near perfect. They picked a good time to do it, too. Right? I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, it, it, you broke the game open a few minutes later, too. Uh, uh, Sally's fumbled a punt snap deep in their own territory and uh, gave you guys a first down at the 15. And Kasim Lewis scored from three yards out a few minutes later, and all of a sudden you're up 21 to nothing. What, was, what were your thoughts at that point of the game? 21-0 is great, but it was still a lot of time on the clock. So um, my thoughts were, my own thoughts, and also conversing with you know, Derek Layfield and Chuck Hudson and the guys upstairs and, and DJ Long on the sideline, we were very versatile this year. We threw, Isaac threw for almost 1,400 yards this year. And uh, I think he had like 17 or 18 touchdown passes. Being up 21-0 with eight minutes to go in the, in the third quarter was still too early to milk the clock. But my thinking was they got to score four times to beat us. Uh, Isaac ended up being six for seven, throwing the football for 124, 25 yards. But I was going to be real careful with it. You know, dropping back, getting a sack, scoop and score, or a fumble, losing possession. Uh, or pick six, uh, I was going to do my job to make sure we limited those chances by not calling certain plays where the ball is going to be held too long in his hands and quick passing uh, or where I can get him out to the flank and pass. So those were thoughts. I mean, 21-0, I didn't feel good at all. Yeah. I wasn't like, okay, we're winning big. I was thinking, what do we need to do on our end to be sure we limit their chances, we protect the football on our end, offensively by not throwing too many passes and not throwing unsafe passes to help milk the clock and thinking that their offense is not really geared toward a heavy dose of throwing the football. Although they did throw it some earlier, they're they're more of a ground and pound, you know, line up in the eye and, and go play action off that. So that, that was my exact thinking process. I was I was excited for the kids, but I wanted to make sure I stayed grounded and they stayed focused. A lot of time left. Yeah. Well, it – it certainly worked out because you guys cruised to a 33-7 to win. And I know you want to give a shout-out to your defense, which held Sally's to under 200 yards and I think only nine first downs, um, and particularly Dave Marvel, your defensive coordinator. Yeah. I, I shook his hand after I told him before the game, done a great job all year. Uh, I'm proud of you. Your defense, one more time. <laughs> and, uh, man, they went there and, and played awesome defense. They were just so fast, and they were coachable. Sometimes you get teams, and this is this is not knocking any particular person or, or team in the past, but you're coaching 16-, 17-, 18-year-old guys out there, and sometimes you have a scheme, and you're calling defense from the sideline. I've watched Coach Marvel and Coach Mack and Coach Heal and Leo and uh, Coach Hopkins, the guys on defense now, calls things or put in, a, put in a scheme, and eight guys do it right. Then one guy – Decides instead of covering a gap, I think they're going to run outside D gap, and I'm going to not run my A gap right away. I'm going you can't you can't go rogue, and sometimes you get players that really want to win, and they think sometimes they're going to use their ability, and just and you can't really see it from sideline. You can see if you throw the ball. You know, everybody can criticize offense, defense. They don't know for man to man zone. <laughs> defense gets away with a free ticket almost on that, but. From our opinion and our point of view, sometimes that happens in a game where it's hot and heated and it's a tight ball game and the pressure's on and the bands are playing. This team didn't do that. So, one, they were good defensively. They were well coached. The 
coaches were phenomenal this year. These guys showed up in the right gap on a regular basis. You know, had a high, very high percentage, which I also thought put us over the top. Can you talk a little bit about Isaiah and Isaac Barnes and what they meant to this championship team? Yeah, I could probably talk for a long time. This whole interview <laughs> could probably be about those two as far as uh, what they meant to this team. Stat-wise, I think it's pretty obvious. One led team in tackles on defense. The other one, he sprained his ankle. He should have been an all-state linebacker. We had to protect him some because of his ankle early. We only used him when we needed him on defense. We didn't want him to go down on defense for the long haul and be out at quarterback. Um, he ran the huddle. He's a coach on the field. On the defensive side, Isaiah was coach on the field. So I think having two guys like that gave us an extra coach out there. When we're on defense, Isaiah made sure we're in the right coverage. If a team came out in a formation that we hadn't seen or that we did not want to be in a certain defense against, he'd check out of it and get us in either a great defense or a catch-all defense. So, uh, man, it was pretty special. Not only the work ethic, I never those kids didn't miss workouts. Those kids don't miss practice. They take every every drill as if it was uh, a game, not just practice. Um, but I think leadership, vocally, but also I think on the field, was pretty awesome. Who else would you highlight as being some of your key contributors to this team? It's tough not to leave anyone out because <laughs> you because you, I will because there are so many guys. Certain times of the year, you just and you look back and you see these unsung guys. Um, Mikey Glandon, game two, we we sit Isaac because his ankle was so bad the first game. Um, Looking back, should he have played against the Hudson? I don't know. Um, but he was cleared through therapy. It just was bad field, a little bit of rain. And we gave him another week's rest. And Mikey stepped up against Queen Anne's and played great. The whole O-line, um, the offensive line, didn't have a senior. So many guys stepped up for us. Uh, Kasim Lewis and, and Jalir Pettijan didn't play last year and even the year before. Um, man, they matured become much better students in the building and to come out and assist this team in winning a state championship their role was invaluable to see kids grow like that too many uh katai and alton are two middle linebackers or sophomores thrown into the fire um okay guys you're you're sophomores we lost two guys last year we think we got a pretty good chance to go places but uh you're going to play a big role starting linebackers and so it was completely on two sophomore linebackers and what a job Katai Tilly and Alton Dennis did. You can't say enough about two sophomores. Everybody's getting the everybody's getting recognition. The Barnes boys you know, are flashing dash, scoring touchdowns, and those two guys sat behind that D line, just made play after play and plugged the gaps they were supposed to plug. And that's and I was alluding to how disciplined deep defense was on your last question. Two of those guys were the main two guys that had to plug those holes behind that D line. And they were I mean, they filled the proper gap made the right reads at a high level, which I've seen the best athletes play linebacker and want to let their athletic ability take over and go follow the football instead of reading the guard or reading the fullback or reading the key and go where you're supposed to go first. Those two did that. So there are many more besides those I mentioned. But uh, certainly the O-line with those seniors, the two guys I mentioned that came back out, and the two middle linebackers being sophomores. On the Monday after the title game, there was a special rally 
outside here at the at the school stadium. What was it like for you to see you know the student staff community member come out that afternoon and support the team? Uh, it, it was it was awesome, very touching. Um, we told the boys how impactful this game was, and they'll be remembered forever. And they go through the five year, ten year, twenty year reunions when they when they go places. Um, so to see the reception that we received was uh, was flattering. It was uh, it was great for the kids. It was great to have you know, the first day back at school after winning it to be recognized and appreciated like that. I think the boys that'll be uh, something they'll never forget. Let's look back at your career for just a minute. Now, it, you know, in 1996, you took over a program here at Sussex Central that had never had a state tournament berth. Now, I know you mentioned that 1970 team that was so strong, but that was in the days before Delaware even had a state tournament. And then the school had some strong teams after that, but for whatever reason, they just never got in, never qualified for the for the state tournament. And you finally broke through, uh, I think it was in 2000, right. you got the, the school's first uh, state tournament berth. I think you advanced all the way to the finals for the first time right. that year. Um, and ever since then, you've uh, you know made the state tournament 13 times in your 23 years at head coach. And now that you have a state championship, do you ever, I don't know, just kick back and ever reflect on everything that you've accomplished in, in your time here at Sussex Central? Um, I don't look back at what I've done. I know uh, I had a picture on my desk, and I pulled it out, and then I showed Dave Marvel, our D coordinator, of uh, the 2000 team and the, from the paper was laminated. And it's Uri Washington uh, carrying the football in the game. And it says Sussex Central earns – first school bid to state tournament. And I've kept that in my desk, hoping to be win a state championship. And, and uh, But I didn't want to also forget that getting there is also a privilege too and an honor because uh, especially back then, only four, D1 te- only four D1 teams and D2 teams went. Now it's eight D2s and six D1. So uh, to get into the tournament for D1 is tougher um, to get in by earning points or winning your conference. So uh, it's a privilege to be there. So I've kept it at my desk, you know, for a long time. So that does that does mean a lot, though, when you think back. On oh yeah, those now uh, they were they went to the playoffs for the first time in 2000. I think the 70 team should be recognized up there with some of the best teams come out of Central. I think it was 71 maybe that they won the conference, the first time in school history and only time until 2002. Because in 2000 we we tied for the conference title. But our conference goes by point differential for tiebreaker, which I don't like. Uh, we've tied four times on that and lost all four times to the point differential. Which, So, yeah, 2000 was the first time we went to the playoffs. And that, that team, Blake Hirschman, uh, and those guys were phenomenal. Blake Hirschman, our quarterback and strong safety on that team, actually sent me a letter I received this week, a handwritten letter. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, congratulating the team and the coaches and some kind words for myself, and when I see him, I'll thank him for sure. But those guys were the first ones to break the ice. They broke through. And then in, uh, we went back in 01, and 2002, we won the conference title for the first time since 1971. Yeah. And you were on a roll after that, it seemed like. It was pretty yeah. – I know taking over, we said we hadn't done those things, and I know uh, this is not a knock on anyone at all, but I know when they hired me, so I was hired at 28, coach 29, I guess is how we put it. Uh, the year before, they were 0-10. And uh, we didn't have a weight room. And thus uh, so we had, we being everyone, boosters and everyone, uh, uh, Al Booth passed away and they had insurance money and the boosters and a couple of the parents of kids I had 
electrician and uh, block work, did it for costs. Only didn't get paid for profits, you no know, materials. And they built a weight room without without water, without heat. <laughs> I remember that weight room. It was on that they built it at the end of the gym at the old high school. I remember right, they built right. it on. It was almost like an extension of that one end of the gym. Yeah, yeah. I had a desk in there. That was my office. Yeah, <laughs> and it didn't have any heat or any AC. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah, but I uh, had after that they that came along later. So the program, I, I spoke to the boosters after being hired. I remember going to the, the library at the old school, the old high school, Georgetown Middle School, and meeting with the parents and boosters. And, and I told them, I said, to be able to beat the Caesar Rodney and Dovers and the big teams in the state for conference titles or playoff runs, we've got to get a weight room. We've got to get better in a lot of ways. And the community, they rose up and did that. I, I can remember Kathy Booth was on the on the boosters. Uh, when everyone left, she came to me and said, hey, you need something, see me. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get it to enhance the player's ability for the boys. So uh, that was awesome. Um, and I felt really, as a young guy, grabbing those reins, I was a little nervous. Yeah. And uh, so someone like Kathy Booth um, saying it to me meant a lot. And you know, just just finally, you know, after after 23 years, what are, what are some of the keys, do you think, to the team's success during the last 23 years. Just mentioned, you know, the weight room and the boosters helping out. What are what are some of the other keys, do you think, that have allowed, you know, Sussex Central to become as successful as they have on the football field? Well, I've read many books, videos <laughs> um, on building a program, my own thoughts um, of watching other coaches before me and, and being under Dale Steele um, just, and just being alert and watching other programs, like your Slazy Animals, know what are they doing but uh, I think over a 23-year period I think it's a coalition I think we have great coaches um, not comparing coaches now compared to the past I'm not going to you know compare a quarterback coach now to a quarterback coach prior but as a whole our staff is outstanding you're getting coached up with some kids that play young men that play college ball that are coaching um, guys like Dave Marvel myself and Derek Layfield the three of us or the three left that have been there for all 23 years, and they're still there, coaching pretty hard. Um, so I think the staff is outstanding. I think coming to a school that has a good weight room, is outstanding weight room, and I, was, you know, I think it's 15 years old now. Okay. Um, I think the administration, in particular this year, they were on point. They they were really – they didn't leave me out on my own trying to figure out grades. Everyone was – the whole school uh, – I would hear player A has got a 71 in the class, uh, didn't do well on a test, and then they would have tutoring after school. So we'd send the players to tutoring. Um, so the coaches were helping out with tutoring. Everyone, I think, I really think the weight room, the coaches, the administration for many years, but this year I can really tell you, man, they, they I think they saw that we had a good team and I, I think they want to do what's good for kids which they always do. We got, we got a great administration here. I just think it's a coalition. I think the community, the boosters, raising money. Uh, they feed the kids pregame meals. They pack snacks on way games. So after the game's over, they have peanut butter and jelly. Or, and I mean, and they know which kids shouldn't have peanuts, and they have different sandwiches for them. I mean, so much. It's really a coalition. There's not one thing I can point to over the 23 years. I think all hands on deck. You're not. You can have a great coach, but if you don't have the other things in place. Or you can have good players. 
and not have those things in place, uh, I think sooner or later it'll catch up to you and it, it'll cost you. But I really think what we have right now is pretty special. And for the past 23, it's been great um, over all those years. And different presidents uh, on the boosters, uh, that's, that's full-time. Football doesn't stop. We came back Monday. We told the boys before we played the Lazy Animal. Monday's the first day of 2019 football season. Yeah, that's we're right. either going to come in there Monday and work hard to try and get back, or we're going to come back on Monday and try to repeat, you know, defend, defend the title. But really, it's one game at a time. But I said, no matter what, we're going to work out on Monday. And the boys you know, thought it was pretty cool. Hey, we're playing right up to the end. Yeah. So I hope I answered your question properly. It's just 23 years, so many people have contributed in so many ways. Yeah, it's hard to remember them all. I'm quite, I'm uh, quite sure yeah, I recognize them all. And it's funny, after the state title, it's been two weeks. I'll think of someone or something that happened. Got, I mean, I can see parents and booster members. I can see some parents driving kids to camps. In vain. Uh, Bill Goins, for example, what a great uh, booster he was when he was here. He After his son graduated, his son's graduated, he still stayed part of the boosters for years. And I can remember him driving eight or ten kids in a big van, 15-passenger van, to a camp, you know, because we couldn't afford a bus. You know, those kind of things. So there were so many people that gave, whether it was little or a lot, that contributed all those years and that finally cultivated in the state championship. Well, John, I wanna I wanna thank you. I know you're a busy man and I wanna thank you for sitting down with me and talking about this and of course congratulations again. I know it was a, a long time coming for you. Well, I appreciate it and uh known you since the eighties, probably right before that. <laughs> um we feel we want everyone to share in the state championship, and I hope you do too. I hope you're proud of the kids and the community because uh, whether you're at the south end of the district, north end, bring that D1 trophy home, uh, meant not to us, but we wanted everyone. You know, and seeing Mark Steele out there, you know, I, my former teacher, and he helped out. Ray Steele's the coach, and uh, and Ray congratulated me. He sent me a great text, and we talked, and before and after, and uh, I think it means a lot for a lot of people, not just. Our players. It certainly does. So, congratulations again, John. Well, thanks, Dave. All right. I want to thank John for taking time out of his busy schedule to speak with me. Before we sign off, I'd like to read a statement from Indian River School District Superintendent Mark Steele. I've had the pleasure of knowing John Wells since his days as a student at Indian River High School in the early 1980s. John was a tremendous student athlete back then and has become an even better coach. The success John has experienced as head coach at Sussex Central High School is truly remarkable. Under his leadership, Sussex Central has become one of the top Division I football programs in the state of Delaware. To record 19 winning seasons in 23 years is a tremendous achievement. Even more impressive is the positive impact he's had on countless young people's lives. I was overjoyed at John winning his first state championship, perhaps the only accomplishment that had previously eluded him during his storied career. My heartfelt congratulations go out to John and his entire Golden Knights team. On another note, Sussex Central has set up a GoFundMe account to raise funds for the purchase of championship rings and apparel for the football team. To donate, go to GoFundMe.com and search for SCHS State Championship Donations page. IRSD Spotlight is produced by the Indian River School District. Episodes can be accessed through iTunes or by visiting irsd.net and going to the podcast link under the Discover IRSD tab. It is also available through several mobile podcast apps. 
Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with more great news and information from the Indian River School District. Until then, remember that Indian River truly is a model of excellence.